0: You're listening to Wealth at Work, a show designed to help advisors
1: think, make decisions, and cast a vision to create a business for the future. Hosted by financial planner, author, speaker, and CEO of Advisor2x, Ross Marino. John Sullivan, back on the show. Hey, John. Hey, Ross. How
2: are you? Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, I am I am good. Glad you're on the show. And as always, glad the 401k Specialist Magazine is a partner our exclusive media partner for Wealth at Work. And one of my favorite parts of Wealth at Work is the TAPO Awards that you guys started years ago. Can you give us some quick background on the TAPO?
2: TAPO Awards, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, everybody, every media publication seems to have their, their top dogs in the space. And it was one of those things where we said to ourselves, well, at the end of the day, You know, having assets under management, assets under advisement and being, you know, the top of the list, how does that really serve the end user? And so what we did was we wanted to come up with some other way to to measure uh, who's doing it right within the industry. And it was actually our friends at Whitman, believe it or not, that came up with, well, why don't you measure it by participant outcomes? Um, And we thought that was a great idea. It's a little bit easier said than done. We went to Morningstar and we went to Alicia Munnell at uh, the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College, and they gave us great ideas. Uh, But it's still a little hard to measure. So we do uh, like the quantitative measurements, but uh, we also love the anecdotes about when these guys just knocked out of the park uh, for a plant uh, sponsor and participants. And so, uh, you know, the Tapo awards are something that happens on a monthly basis. We profile them on the website, e-newsletters and within the magazine. And then there is one overall annual uh, top advisor by participant outcome. Uh, you know, uh, we call it designee, not winner, because how do you really measure it? It's almost like it's the uh, the Academy Awards. It's very subjective in that regard. And so we don't like to diminish the monthly uh, tapos while we're at the show, but nonetheless, we do award an and overall annual recognition as well. But we get everybody up on stage as you know, and uh, and we celebrate them and we celebrate the industry and, and how they're raising the bar for all of
1: us. Yeah, I love that they're involved. I love that they share what they're doing. it's a it's a very open group of people has been every year. They love to share. They love to talk, uh, even though they've all been in the business for quite a while and they're all successful. Uh, they don't all think alike. And I know you have a couple sessions where you're doing the interviewing. And I looked at the first one and and I kind of chuckled because it was about target date funds and and stress testing them. And I thought, you know, nothing quite like a bear market to stress test whatever you're doing. So how's that session going to go?
2: Yeah, what is it? Warren Buffett was the one that said that when the tide goes out, we see who's swimming naked. Now, I think you he he might have been talking about options, obviously, but we'll just take it as kind of, you know, all of the investment products that are out there, which works and and, and those that don't. So we've been hearing so much about how target date funds might have just a little bit too much risk in in, in the glide path. And, and we're getting more and more of that now. And so with everything that's happening with, as you know, sequence of returns and it, inflation and everything that's happening out there, we're going to just take a look at target date funds and how they're holding up. It seemed like they did pretty well in 2008. Uh, everybody seems, at least from a behavioral standpoint, it kept people invested through the market shock. And I think it's probably doing the same uh, now in terms of you know keeping people on track and staying the course, but are they doing what they're supposed to do in terms of outcomes? That's something that's going to be pretty interesting.
1: Well, as we've learned, all target date funds are not made alike. And I think we, could, we could probably say the same for ESG funds and title to one of your sessions is is ESGDOA. <laughs> I, I started laughing immediately. I figured, well, there's typical John Sullivan. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a passionate topic. So I, I just got to ask, are, are we going to see some fireworks from some of the TAPO finalists?
2: I think next year I'm going to talk about politics and religion as well. Might as well just throw it in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, ESG, as you said, is a passionate topic. I've already gotten some blowback on the uh, on the name of the, the the topic, as you as you mentioned. But it, it's just funny how fast everything is happening, Ross. And that, that to me is just amazing. In our third quarter issue last year, it was the one with the retire guys on the cover. We had a story that said, "Can anything stop ESG?" And here we are this year, and we're talking about the blowback, and it's mainly political. And I understand that, but nonetheless. You know, with inflation, with soaring prices, with everything that's happening, the war in Ukraine, uh, it gives people an opportunity to push back a little bit. And boy, are they. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, and, and see if it really still holds up as a strategy. Um, I think it's, it's something that's fantastic. And I want to you know try everything I can to make it work. But we have to make sure that it's the real deal. So, as you said, uh, people are lining up on both sides. And it should make for a very, very interesting uh, discussion about how they fit in the portfolio for the benefit of, of, of the participants
1: never a dull moment when john sullivan is asking questions (laughs) there you go look forward to seeing you out in october at wealth at work john thank
2: you ross as always love the partnership
1: welcome back jamie how's it going today it's going well thanks glad to have you on the podcast and of course happy that you're once again going to be speaking at Wealth at Work. And I know last time we spoke, we talked about some new regulations, an act that came through, and it seems that it's finally starting to gain a little traction. Why don't you let us know what that is?
0: Absolutely. Um, The Consolidated Appropriations Act, also known as the CAA, uh, was about 6,000 pages, the largest piece of legislation that's been signed, actually. (laughs) And about 200 of it had to do with healthcare and adding transparency to the healthcare market. And it is definitely starting to get some traction. Slow, similar to the 408B2 regs when they came out, the whole industry said, it's not happening. It's not going to happen to us as retirement plan advisors. We're not going to have to disclose all of this you know, information and data. And long behold we did. And this is exactly what's happening under the CAA for the healthcare brokers and other service providers.
1: When we started chatting about it and you mentioned it, I I had to check myself because I wondered, was it a slow adoption and it just wasn't happening as quickly as people hoped? Or have I just not been paying attention? And you said, no, that's that's actually not the case of paying attention. It was a little slow, but now you're, you're starting to see that it's picking up pace. Absolutely.
0: As I think I communicated to you, when we first started doing conversations and webinars around the CIA and the impact that it was going to have on employers, we would have, you know, a handful of employers that might show up. Um, this week alone, we had 200 employers attend a, a webinar focused on the CAA and the impact that it was going to have on them. So they are definitely starting to understand that there's a new sheriff in town, so to speak, called the CAA, and that the potential for uh, expensive casualties for not filling, fulfilling their fiduciary duties um, could be real. So they're uh, starting to, to, to wake up.
1: Who's going to be afraid of the new sheriff in town?
0: The whole healthcare industry should be afraid of it, but more importantly, the employers, because what it's done is provide clarity to employers around who they pay, what they pay, um, and if it's in the best interest of their participants. And similar to what we saw when the regulators came into the retirement space and started to shed light, employers started to recognize that, hey, we're not doing things that are in the best interest of our participants, we need to start to change this market. And that's exactly what happened. Employers drove the change in the retirement space, whether it was due to the uh, Department of Labor penalizing them or the lawsuits, the change came from the employers. And that's what I think we're going to see in the CIA as well. It's going to come from the employers.
1: Yeah, I think in the retirement space, the advisors, the advisory firms, they're incentivized to make plans better, to connect with new employers, to help the plan sponsors make better decisions. And uh, yes, yeah, so I've certainly seen that as being the driving force. Uh, obviously, there's an opportunity for advisors here and for the firms out there. How would you break down the opportunity of this? Is what I think you can do over the next one, two, three years.
0: It's a rinse and repeat of what we saw in the retirement space. You're absolutely right. In the retirement space, you know, going back 30 plus years ago, there was no standard you know, no standard for conduct. And then it became best interest, and then it became fiduciary. And when it became fiduciary, there was real skin in the game to make sure that we were moving the needle and that we were actually helping people retire. And that's the same thing in the healthcare space. Currently, right now, there's very low standards for for success. And we're starting to see now with the Consolidated Appropriations Act, the realization that we've been paying, overpaying for a lot of services we're not receiving. And um, when employers start to understand that they can have cost containment and better efficiencies, um, it will drive the market to change the standards. And because Arissa is overseeing both the healthcare and retirement space, and now the healthcare has transparency. So you know, advisors can get in there and really see what's going on the fiduciary status will come to the healthcare space. So for me, I think advisors have a massive opportunity. We know this play. We know exactly how to set up a fiduciary process. We know how to adhere to it and we know how to document it. It's all that they need to do in the healthcare space. The players are different. Some of the lingo and uh, language is different, but in general, it's, it's the same play.
1: Yeah, I guess if you have experience as a fiduciary, it, it can turn into once you know the details and you know the language and you know what the process is, it, yeah. it's going to be rinse and repeat. Now, are there companies out there that are starting to do this? Or I, actually, I'll just pivot. I was looking at One Vision. I was on the website. I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. Can you tell me about yeah, that?
0: Sure. So um I co-founded One Vision because, again, we know that now employers are going to have to start to benchmark their providers. Um, there is no benchmarking services out there right now, so we are doing that. Um, employers are going to start to take a fiduciary eye to the procurement process around their healthcare spend. Um, so we have actually developed a 80 page fiduciary playbook, which we've had blessed by um, not only ERISA attorneys, but litigators to ensure that we're protecting our clients um, from any potential litigation that they may have. Um, so I, I, we're super excited. I have not seen another um, fiduciary, somebody that's actually said, I can be a fiduciary on the healthcare plan. We haven't seen that in the industry yet. Um, so I think we're, we're one of the only, if not the only uh, ones out there doing that today.
1: That's exciting. So congrats on the launch. I, I love when I go to your LinkedIn profile, there's just seems to be something new popping up all the time. It's like, oh, what's Jamie doing?
2: Right.
0: <laughs> we try to we try to be where the puck is going, not where the puck is, right?
1: <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, I'm looking forward to the session at Wealth at Work. I know the advisors will benefit if they go to it. Jamie, we'll see you in October.
0: Thanks. Have a great day.
1: Thank you for listening to Wealth at Work. The information covered and posted represents the views of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Advisor 2X. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.